moms can come in every shape and form, and sometimes their children happen to have fur and wagging tails. This is a podcast for those who love the four-legged friends that they rescued because they got rescued right back. Each week, we bring on a dog mom or two to talk about their dogs and how they changed their lives. This is Rescue Dog Moms, a parenting podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is Boss. Hello, dog moms and dog dads and all dog parents. You may hear a barky boss in the background. He's missed you guys, so he really wants to say hi. Thanks so much for all of your patience. I feel like it's been a crazy few weeks for everybody. I hope you're all staying safe, getting your vaccinations in, social distancing, staying at home and all that jazz, and hopefully we'll be out in the dog parks all together soon. Today's episode is with Angela, who is someone who I consider to be the ultimate rescue dog mom. Angela is a very special lady and one of the many special qualities about her is that she has a pack of 15 dogs, most of them elderly or special needs. So we're going to learn about what drives her to keep growing her pack other than cuteness, um, her other plans for rescuing other animals and what it's like doing a rescue intake because she has done many. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the Rescue Dog Moms podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I feel like you're the epitome of a super rescue dog mom, so we had to have you on here. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds much nicer than just like some crazy dog mom, so... I feel like this is um, the place for crazy dog moms to get together. And as I'm sure you've heard, us other crazy dog moms just want to be crazier just like you. So Uh, yeah, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that. Let's get into it because we have a lot of uh, different personalities to cover. So first of all, Angela, tell us how many dogs you have and what life is like. (laughs) So I have 15 dogs. So life is a little crazy. Our house is quite loud, quite busy, but it's fun and I wouldn't change it even though some minutes for the day I'm thinking, what the heck am I doing? But overall, <laughs> it's pretty good. Let's uh, let's get into it, Ms. Dog Mom. Tell me about your children. So I did make a list so that I would not forget I anybody. figured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peanut was my first dog that I got. Uh, he's 12 years old. He's a chihuahua. I actually got him from a breeder. I did not realize back then that, you know, there was such a big rescue community. I had always known that I wanted a chihuahua and I always thought, well, you don't really see a lot of chihuahuas in the shelters here. So I thought I had to go to a breeder. He is, he's basically the leader of the pack. He is the boss. He's typical like chihuahua. He's pretty grouchy, but he's my baby. After that, we got Oliver who is a Chihuahua Terrier mix. He's eight years old. We had him seven years ago. We got him in San Francisco. We went on a trip to visit some family and I wanted to get a second dog, wanted a Chihuahua. So we figured, well, since we're out of the country, they have lots of Chihuahuas there. Let's get one at the shelter. We got Oliver. He is such a sweetheart. Like he is a biggest suck. Like my mom, he loves, he loves any female basically that comes to our house. Like he, that's his girl and he wants to go home with them after. (sighs) Next we got Simon. 
Simon. He is 12 years old. He is a Black Lab Border Collie. I got him when I was volunteering at the local shelter here. Fell in love with him. He was super sweet. And I convinced my husband that because he works night shifts that I needed a big dog to kind of make me feel safer at home. So my, nice. my husband was a sucker and agreed to let me adopt Simon. Next, we got Willow. So Willow is a Chinese crested. She's 11 years old. She is just like a free spirit, basically. Like she kind of has like a weird personality to go with her kind of like weird look. But yeah, I went to a rescue show and they had um, another Chinese crested there who I really wanted to adopt, but they had already had an application in for her. So they matched us with Willow dead. And yeah, she's just been, she's, she was the first girl to join our family and she just, yeah, she can keep up with the boys and like, she's, yeah, she's just a weirdo really. Next, we got Milo. He is from Texas. He's a terrier mix. He's six years old. He was my first foster fail. We were supposed to just be fostering him. We had him come in from Texas with a greyhound mix that we are also fostering who he got adopted to a lovely home, but I just couldn't part with Milo. So he stayed with us. He is my little baby. He loves to be carried around like a little baby, super snuggly. So yeah, he wasn't going anywhere. Uh, next, we got Calvin, who is a terrier mix. He's four. He's from Texas. I met him on my, I think like my third trip to Texas that I did for dog run. He was my little co-pilot. He sat on my lap for the way back. He was the only dog that came back that didn't have a foster already lined up. So he- That's just, perfect. That's just yeah, fate. <laughs> right? That's what I said. He meant to be. So he came home with me. Um, I didn't tell my husband that he was coming home with me. So my husband just got home from work that day and he was like, oh, who's that? And I was like, well, that's Kelvin. He's like, well, what's Kelvin doing here? And I was like, oh, Kelvin lives here now. So we went, you know, the rest of the day without talking to each other and stuff, but eventually he came around and like, Calvin is one of our favorites now. So I always remind him like, see, look, it's not that bad. I know what I'm doing. Um, can you imagine not having Calvin? No. So there you go. But yeah, he, Calvin, Calvin is my baby. He is my I don't tell the other dogs this, but he's my favorite. Um, yeah. And then the same weekend that I brought Calvin home, we got Mabel. So she is a 15 year old Shih Tzu mix from Quebec. She was at a gas in pound that they were about to euthanize. And I had put a call out to some people I know there that we were looking for a senior dog. So they messaged me about her. So I said, of course, we'll take her. She has um, dementia. She's blind. She's deaf. So she's kind of in her own little world doing her own little thing. But she is happy and yeah, we love her. Next, we got Eddie. He is an eight-year-old German Shepherd Husky mix. He's our first paralyzed dog that we got. I actually was out for a walk with my other dogs and he ran across the street to meet my other dogs and he got hit by two cars. Oh my so, God. Yeah, I didn't realize was, that happened like in front of you. Yeah, no, it was super upsetting. Like it just, I couldn't even believe it had happened. The, one of the ladies who had hit him got him into her car with me and we rushed him to my vet, took them pretty much all day to locate his owners, which they didn't want to continue any care with him or anything. So we stepped in, took him to Guelph. He had spinal stabilization surgery, was on crate rest for six weeks. Yeah. Like now he's like any other dog. Like, I don't think he knows that he's any different from the yeah. other dog. He's typical Husky, very vocal, but 
he, he he's yeah he's just like the other dogs loves to like run around with them he loves going for walks in his cart yeah and he was really good because he kind of opened our eyes to special needs dogs we had been kind of focused before on like maybe looking at getting like senior dogs but then with him it was kind of like we were put into a situation where we were like okay we're just gonna do this like we don't have a choice we're gonna learn to take care of him and it actually wasn't too bad so it was nice to kind of learn that hey we can do this yeah we've had him for three years now um next we got glenda and wally so we got them from la uh, we went on a trip and i know that la has a lot of high kill shelters so i wanted to adopt a dog while we were there we ended up adopting two because i couldn't decide which one i wanted so they both came on with us Amazing. uh glenda glenda's a, a 10 year old um poodle terrier mix she's blind she had horrible skin conditions like she was almost bald when we got her really bad ear infections so got her all fixed up and she's super cute super like friendly and then at the same time we got wally who is a six-year-old chihuahua mix he's paralyzed as well he was on the kill list he was about to be euthanized the following day so we definitely had to go and scoop him up he's he's my little sidekick like he loves me so much took him about a month not to bite my husband whenever he would go near him but I just kind of like forced myself on him at first and he just learned to love me so now yeah he's my my little dog next we got Mikey who is a 12 year old lab mix from Tennessee who I met on one of my rescue missions down there most like sweetest gentlest dog ever he's like the grandpa dog here and yeah we adopted him as soon as I found out he was coming to Canada. Next, we got Jagger, who is um, like a, I guess a terrier mix, I don't know, from Mexico. He's a year old now. When we got him, he was five months. So that was kind of like our first puppy. So that was an experience. Yeah. A puppy. He's super sweet, super cuddly. He loves my husband the most. So my husband likes him the best because of that. That's um, nice. You want to have yeah, an equal, just some sort of distribution there. Exactly. Um, he needs one who likes him the most. So <laughs> they're buddies. And then we got Rain, also from from Mexico because we wanted to have a friend for Jagger to play with. So she was five months old when we got her. Now she's 11 months. She's a feisty redhead. She <laughs> is, yeah, she's, she likes to kind of like pick fights, but her and Jagger are best friends. Like they are always together. So it's nice to see them bond and like love each other. Next, we got Nelson, who's from Texas. He's an 11 year old, I would say like a Corgi mix, maybe. He is blind, deaf. His hind legs are partially paralyzed and he has no front limbs. He requires a lot of attention. Try to give him, you know, a lot of mental stimulation, like lick mats, things like that. Lots of pets because he can't really like, you know, hear or see what's going on around him. But you know, he definitely still has value and meaning in his life. So we love him. And then our newest addition is Jeevan, who is a rescue from India. We've had her for a couple of months now. She's around a year old. She was a street dog who had wandered into a resident home to play with the dog who lived there. And then the owner shot her in the spine. So she is paralyzed as well. She has made huge progress in the last two months that we've had her. When we first got her, she was terrified of people. Like you could not even sit beside her. She would just go walk away from you. And now she comes over to you. She wants to sit with you. She loves playing with the other dogs. She actually came up the other day to my mom, came up behind her and like pulled on her shirt to get her to pet her so like oh. she's just yeah she's a whole new dog now and it's just been incredible to see her grow um and just feel more like confident comfortable and just learning to like trust people yeah so that is our pack <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one yeah <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you mentioned some dogs who are kind of like friends and pair off, but like, what's the dynamic like around your house, your backyard? How do they engage with each other? So for the most part, everybody gets along like pretty well. Probably shouldn't say this, but when I have a new dog come into the house, we do not do slow introductions. We don't do pack walks. You basically just put them in with the group. So far, it's gone really well. We kind of know what dogs the other dogs will accept into the house. So we just make sure to kind of when we do adopt a dog that we get one that we know will kind of fit with everybody. Yeah, Peanut's the boss. He runs the show. The puppies are crazy and they just like bother the the older. They like the bigger ones. So like they'll constantly be licking at like Mikey's lip. They try to do it to Simon. They just love the big dogs. Other than the two puppies are super bonded and they really like Mikey. Nobody else is super bonded. They just kind of coexist. They'll lay in beds together and stuff like that, but they don't really care if the other ones are here or not. I think Peanut wishes that he was an only child again. I'm pretty sure that he would be so happy if they all just disappeared again and it was just him and I. I don't think that he would be sad. Too bad for him. <laughs> we, yep. <laughs> happen. But yeah, no, everybody, everybody gets along pretty well. Like we do, we walk three or four at a time. We don't walk more than that at a time, but in the backyard, they all run around and play together. Yeah, it's it's pretty quiet when people come over to our house. Initially, it's pretty loud. There's lots of like barking and excitement, but as soon as they sit, they all settle and they're like, wow, it's actually like really quiet in here. Like, yes, this is like our, our day to day is pretty much quiet and less like somebody walks by the house or something like that. Yeah. You said you look for certain personalities. Like what, what is that like? Like, are you looking for what kind of behaviors or what kind of personality um, are you looking for? So when we're looking, we, so because, of, so Simon is um, not great with other big dogs who are high energy. So we avoid any larger breed puppies or younger dogs because we know that he'll get upset. So we're okay to bring in big dogs who are old, chill, or he's good with any small dog. And then I think they can kind of sense with the special need ones that they're different. Like they just kind of, they they play like way more gentle with the paralyzed ones. They don't wrestle the same way as they do with each other. So I think they're really good with just picking up on being able to read that with the other dogs. And are you planning to foster ever or are you still looking for additions to your pack? Um, so Jeevan is technically a foster, mm. but I think I have convinced my husband <laughs> Let us yes. with her. But yeah, we're definitely open to fostering again. I think that that's something we always want to do. I try really hard not to foster fail with every single one of them. We have successful, successfully fostered three dogs without adopting them. <laughs> so they don't all stay here. But yeah, it's definitely something we want to continue to do. Definitely continue to adopting as well, especially like when I hear about a special needs or a senior dog that really needs us. I, I can't say no. So we always have a spot for them here. Well, let's get into maybe some of that. Like you definitely have an affinity towards senior dogs and some special needs dogs. What drives you to want to help them? So we kind of got into adopting and helping seniors and special needs because they are often overlooked in rescue and shelters. Like people want the young dogs, the puppies, they, they don't really look for the older ones or the special needs ones. So we wanted to be able to help those ones 
and give them a home and a spot. Um, I think that for the seniors, I know that a lot of people will say like they could never do that because, you know, they have such a short time with the dogs and you're, you're going through so much loss with them passing. And that's definitely true. We just had one of our seniors pass away last week. We had her for three and a half years, but you kind of have to look at it, not from like being selfish, like you have to do it for them. And so we just look at it as, you know, we want to give them the best home and, you know, everything that they need for the last bit of their life, because I don't want them dying alone in a shelter, cold, alone, scared. We want to give them a comfy bed and lots of treats and like, you know, do their bucket list items with them. And yeah, when they pass, it's sad, but that kind of makes it worthwhile to know that we got to help them for the last bit of their life. And I think that with any dog, whether you've had them for a year or for, you know, 15 years, it's never enough time. You're always always going to want more. So we just, you know, do it for them. Same with the the special needs dogs. Like I think a lot of people think like, well, I could never do that. You know, um, I don't, you know, know how to do like their pottying with the paralyzed dogs. We have to like manually express them and stuff. And it's not that hard. Like when we first got Eddie, it was super overwhelming. Like there was many tears, like overwhelming frustration. How are we going to manage this? But we have really supportive vets and a lot of help learning. And once we got into a routine like it really wasn't that hard and like now it's just kind of like something we just don't even think about we just do it and I think that a lot of people we you know we try to educate them that it's it's not that difficult they're not that different once you kind of learn it's just like second nature and they're just like any other dog we fostered another dog um, Will last year and his adopter had never had a paralyzed dog before and so she you know had a learning curve when she first got him but she was super open to working with him and learning his care and now she kind of promote the importance and the benefits of adopting a special needs dog. So it's it's really nice seeing other people kind of, that's definitely something that's extremely important to us because I just feel so bad that those dogs are overlooked just because of like a, you know, a special need of physical difference or something like that when they're really just great dogs who, you know, deserve love just as much as any other dog. Yeah, definitely. As you said, a lot of them are at those shelters a long time and that's not a great environment. I mean, we're so lucky that we get to be part of this network of fosters and get to see dogs blossom. But a lot of the dogs, the shelter system don't get to do that. That's great that you get to take them out anytime you're on holiday, apparently. <laughs> it's kind of like our thing now. That's our souvenir when we go away. Yeah. Is we get a dog. <laughs> I love that. I'm literally just like, all right, I guess next time I go to the US, I'll uh, just go pop by some shelters, see what's going yeah. on. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to also ask you about your personal mission to save dogs and animals overall, because you have expanded past dogs into all sorts of animal care. So tell me about that. Yeah. So we're, we're super excited about that. Um, my husband and I are both very passionate about animal rescue in general, not just about dogs. I've been vegan now for seven years, vegetarian for a lot longer. So I've always been really passionate about helping farm animals like wildlife, anybody who really needs help, like that's my thing. So we have been in the process of building a rescue farm for the past year. It's almost complete moving in, you know, mid April and we will have a nice barn. So we're going to have some more space to start rescuing some farm animals. We currently have three rescue pigs as well. We did have Petunia living in the house, which (laughs) was (laughs) good moments and it's bad moments. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we 
we're excited to be able to take on more of that as well um, and help some other kinds of animals and just kind of learn more animal care. Like I feel like I'm, you know, pretty familiar with like dog care and things, but definitely like a big learning curve with farm animal side of it. So we've already learned quite a bit about pigs. And so we're excited to learn more about chickens, goats, cows, you know, whoever, whoever needs us has a spot. That's exciting. How many animals do you have right now apart from the pack? So we have three pigs and two rabbits right now. And they are staying with some friends until our barn is ready. And then they can move in hopefully in the next like month. Definitely planning on for sure we want goats and definitely some cows. I really want a donkey. I'm sure we'll have lots of chickens and there's lots of animals out there who need help. And I think it'll just be really exciting to be able to save some and know that like they're safe for the rest of their lives. They don't have to worry about being eaten or anything. Um, They can just hang out and have fun and have friends and just enjoy their life. Yeah, that sounds pretty wonderful. How do you find these animals? Like what, what happens to them where they do need rescuing? So for our pigs, there are a ton of potbelly pigs in need of rescue all the time because people get them when they're tiny little piglets, Mm. super cute, you know, tiny, tiny little things. And they think it's a great idea to get. And then they don't realize how big they're actually going to get. You know, these pigs get to be like 150, 200 pounds. They're not little. They're very destructive. Um, And they're, you know, they're not, they're not always great in the house. People don't always check their like zoning bylaws. So definitely uh, like I see a lot of pigs popping up like on Facebook, even looking for new homes. Um, So definitely not a shortage. Like I'm sure all of the farm animal or the farm sanctuaries and everything around here are always being bombarded with requests to take different Mm -hmm. animals. I think our plan for the cows are there's a market not too far from us. It's a livestock market maybe making some connections there a lot of times if there's like a calf that's born and the mom abandons it like the farmers just don't want to have to bottle feed it and go to all that trouble so you know hoping to be able to help some of those calves and take them in yeah there's just unfortunately always a need for farm animals yeah it's just such a different um system like i feel like with dog i had such a learning curve being part of rescue and understanding where the dog overpopulation problem comes from but then in canada there's just still yeah I guess a lot of animals out there that are just being just like moved around and not don't have like a stable place to be yeah you know, yeah there's a huge, yeah exactly there's there's a lot of animals in the farm farming industry that you know um just if they're like sickly or something like that you know they're not good profit unfortunately and yeah the farmers don't want them yeah there's definitely I think I don't think it'll take very long for our farm to get filled up. Um, yeah, we're already getting like no, we're already getting like requests from people, and our barn's not even ready yet. I'm excited to kind of start that new chapter of like rescue and learning about those different animals. When uh, when is that going to happen? Do you have like a timeline? Just trying so, to do as much as you can, I guess. Yeah, we're trying to do it as fast <laughs> as we can. We unfortunately had to make the house our priority over the barn, but but our house is like pretty well done now. Um, so they've shifted their focus to the barn. I've actually been more excited about like planning out the barn than I was about the house. We have like our floor pan done. That was just like super exciting starting to envision like the animals in the barn and like where they're going to sleep and you know where we're going to put everything. So I'm hoping that you know maybe like early summer we'll have the barn complete all the fencing up and start bringing in some animals. I love that. That's super exciting. In terms of your passion for rescue as well, you've been involved 
involved in rescue for dog rescues? How long? So I've been in dog rescue now for, I would say probably about like 10 years. I originally started volunteering at my local animal shelter, just walking dogs, cleaning, kind of helping out with whatever they needed. And I got kind of in more interested in like the medical side of it too, like starting to learn, you know, how to do injections and how to do IVs and things like that. I took the animal care program at Sheridan College. So that was really interesting. I volunteered on, on the board of directors for my local animal shelter and then kind of got into doing the long haul transports. So like an ad on Facebook that they were looking for drivers to do trip down to Texas after Hurricane Harvey. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been like wanting to do. Finally, like there's an opportunity. So that was like an amazing experience. I had never seen the amount of like stray dog before as I had seen down there. Like I really learned about the overpopulation of dogs in the South and how bad it really was. We went to the fifth ward in Houston, which is known as a dog dumping ground. So just like the, they have over a million and stray dogs in Houston. So they were just like everywhere running down the sides of the highway. You could tell that some of them had been hit by cars. You know, they had like limps and they didn't heal properly running around with like chains dragging behind them. It, it was like, it was absolutely heartbreaking. And so that kind of pushed me even more to kind of want to get involved more and help more and do whatever I could. I started volunteering with rescues in whatever way I could, helping with reference checks, phone screens, kind of whatever they needed help with, um, especially from like a distance as most of the rescues are in the GTA and I live up in Owen Sound kind of doing anything I could phone and then I moved into like foster coordinator position with the rescue and then eventually into foster manager which I really enjoyed kept doing the long haul transports yeah, I think I've done eight transports to Texas three to Tennessee a couple to Detroit and then one to Manitoba so I definitely love doing that because I really love doing the foster manager stuff you know kind of seeing the dogs grow and just seeing the fosters grow as well. I'm getting to build those like relationships with the foster coordinators, the fosters, the whole team. But I really like the transports because it's more hands-on. Like I get to actually interact with the dogs. I get to see the dogs. So I really like those. So I'm definitely excited to have another one coming up and getting back into that. Anything involving with dogs, like I just want to help. And I just, yeah, I just love it. I feel like that's my whole life basically is just like dogs. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people are on the same page. I definitely feel like this one missing link I've had this year is not doing any of those transports. I don't drive. So that's like a big hurdle. (laughs) First get under my belt. But I'd love to but I'd love to eventually just be part of something like that because it definitely sounds life changing. And like you said, to see the change that you're hopefully doing right in front of you sounds pretty amazing too. Yeah, for anybody who's able to do one of those transports, I would definitely recommend it. I'm just seeing where they come from meeting the dogs just everything about it. Like when you, you know, get to the intake and the fosters are so excited to meet their dogs and stuff like it just makes the long drive worth it. I can't say enough good stuff about doing the transports. So for sure, definitely recommend doing them. And I guess maybe we kind of dirted around this as well. But like, why do you think being part of these rescue communities is so important? So I think it's important not only to just kind of help out with the dogs, whether that's, you know, even if you don't have a ton of time and you help 
about with, you know, doing the odd transport around the city, helping the dog get to a vet appointment or something, helping, you know, pick up supplies. If you want to take on, you know, a more time consuming role within a rescue, you know, kind of whatever you have the capacity to do makes a difference because these rescues can't function and can't run without the volunteers. And without these rescues, the dogs, they die. Like there's so many dogs in the States and stuff that need help or in other countries. And, you know, they rely on rescues in other places to help take these dogs and find homes for them. Just knowing that I'm making a difference, even if it's from afar, you know, in the lives of these dogs means so much and makes, you know, the stressful times and stuff worth it. And just, I've met so many amazing people through volunteering with rescues as well, like people that I will be friends with forever. That has also been one of my favorite things about volunteering and rescue. Also, you get first pick of all the cute dogs. Do I have done that a couple of times? And yes, you do. But sometimes that's bad. Especially for me, I think my husband has told me that I cannot go to any more intakes because I keep just bringing them home. So (laughs) he cut me off from doing that. (laughs) Every time I go on a trip now, I'm told no dogs. You cannot bring any more dogs home with you. All right. Well, good luck on your next one, I guess. That'll be hard. Yeah, we'll have to try. I don't let any sit on my lap on the way back anymore because it's too hard. You get too attached. Oh, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the sweetest part. I always see yeah. the pictures and I'm like, yeah, that's how you bond with a dog. Just have them chill exactly. beside you. <laughs> yeah, they're a great company for the trip. I wanted to ask maybe your thoughts on how do you feel like these rescues have changed since the pandemic? I know that we had a big pause, for example, at the beginning as we were sorting our travel. What do you think the future holds? for rescues while we're going through this period and then hopefully once we're out the other side. So I think it definitely created a challenge for rescues. It's a lot harder for our rescues to get dogs in from other places like other countries, which is unfortunate because there are more dogs to help because of the pandemic with so many people, you know, losing their jobs, losing their homes. You know, unfortunately, they've had to give up their dogs. So it's definitely unfortunate that it's it's trickier to get them here. It's been tough because there's there's not as many dogs to help like to, it's hard to get them here but we've gotten so many more fosters because of this which hopefully once things start to open up and you know go back to a normal again they stay with us and hopefully the people that have adopted these dogs stay committed to them even when they go back to work it's always kind of concerning that you know once people go out of the house for work again are they going to surrender their dogs so hopefully that doesn't happen I'm hoping you know we'll be able to kind of go back to a normal once the flights kind of resume and the border opens again so that we can, you know, help more of those dogs and get them adopted up here. Yeah, I'm hoping that it's kind of made more people think about adoption and think about fostering and that they kind of continue to do that after the pandemic hopefully goes away. I know literally today I'm just like, oh, I thought we were almost there. (laughs) And now we had like a big setback. So I feel that. Yeah, it's been tough. Yeah, for sure. It's like you get a little bit ahead and then go backwards again. I wanted to also ask you if you had any crazy rescue stories that come to mind. Um, We've definitely had some crazy rescue stories. Uh, We've had a lot of um, bad weather going to Texas, driven through like, I thought there was a tornado that was going to touch down at any point one time. There was like crazy hail and like all this stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness, if there's a tornado, like, 
like, what are we? I don't know what to do. Like, we're not used to that weather. We did have probably, I don't know if it's crazy, but it's gross. Probably the grossest story that I've had was one of the trips back from Texas. One of the dogs had just like a massive poop explosion in the back of the van. So we stopped to, to clean it up. And as the dog was jumping out of the crate, it splattered the poop up as it kicked out. So like myself and one of the other volunteers just had like poop all down like my face and down her face a little bit got in my mouth I was like oh my gosh what if I get like worms and I have to go to the hospital and be like I need to get dewormer because I I ate dog poo like how do you explain that one yeah definitely lots of lots of poop lots of really gross smells um lots of like vomit gross little like wheeze and tick like there's oh yeah lots of <laughs> yeah lots of lots of gross stuff yeah I don't know if I've had anything like crazy but let just lots of gross like really just comes to mind with the transport but just meeting like the most awesome sweetest dogs I really like hearing what their stories like and you know some of them have like such sad stories but knowing that they're getting their second chance and stuff is is pretty exciting and being a part of that is awesome yeah that's pretty pretty intense so <laughs> I guess a warning if you're gonna transport you just gotta be ready for anything <laughs> yeah like maybe like you know bring like clothes pig for you know like don't have a weak stomach if you're gonna do it because there's gonna be a lot of smells that aren't good and you're you're stuck in there for a pretty long time with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I had like another one where I was cleaning the crate and it was only like a couple hours into the transport and I had just gotten hair extensions in and I didn't think that I had, I just forgot that I had long hair. So when I went reached into the crate to like clean it, my hair slid along the bottom of the crate through the pee. And I was like, oh, great. My hair's going to have peanut for the next like three days on the drive back now. And definitely the like first shower that you have when you get back is like the best shower of your life. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And maybe Maybe wait to get hair extensions until after your trip's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or always put your hair up. Do not don't leave it down. That's like good advice. Before we move on to kind of like closing up, is there anything you wanted to chat about on here that you're like? Um, I don't think so. I think just sharing our message of you know, adoption and special needs and senior dogs and just really considering them. Don't just you know, walk past them because they're, you know, a little bit different or, you know, not maybe what you had like imagined um, because kind of opening your, your mind to a dog like that um, can just be super rewarding. You know, you might not think you could ever do something like that, but like you can do it. You just have to to just jump in and um, I promise it'll be really worth it. You have your farm being built what else is in your future? Just, I know you got your house done. You're getting your farm done. Your pack is chilling. What, uh, any big plans for the family? I think just continuing to expand. Yeah. Working on that farm, getting that set up and adopting and helping those animals and just trying to get comfortable with, you know, learning about the care that they're going to require and the, different needs and stuff that they're going to have continuing to, to foster adopting dogs. Obviously <laughs> <laughs> we always kind of say, okay, no more after this, like this, this is our like limit. And then one more just shows up. So I don't even know really what our limit is. I know my husband would like to say it was probably 10, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, just continuing to be involved in in rescue, promoting it, just educating people. We also take our dogs to visit the seniors at the local retirement homes. So we're excited for things to open back up. We miss visiting them. 
Uh, we've kind of been doing some like dog parades in the meantime around the retirement home, but it's tough just kind of seeing them through the window. It'll be nice to be able to go back and actually see them in person and have the dogs cuddle, cuddle and stuff with them. So looking forward Aww. to that as well. Yeah. I'm sure they look forward to that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's always so, so fun to see like them. They could be having a bad day and yeah. they just like light right up with the dogs. So it's great. Oh, that's amazing. It's time for the speed round. For our speed round, our dog mom will answer questions as quick as they can about their dog. Let's go. Who is shy and who is outgoing? Okay, so Calvin is definitely shy, um, but in like a loud way, like he'll yell at everybody who comes in, but he will not go near them. Milo is super outgoing. He loves everybody. Uh, just wants to like jump into their lap right away. Simon's pretty outgoing. Mikey is definitely outgoing. Oliver's outgoing. I would say probably the majority of our pack are like outgoing other than probably Kelvin, Wally. He's pretty shy. I think that's it. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's pretty outgoing and social. I feel like it makes sense. They just encourage each other too. Like, you know, they know yeah, they, they got a pack behind them, so they don't have to be shy. <laughs> no. And they fight for the attention. They're like, Ooh, oh, cool, yeah. a new person, like pet me. <laughs> don't pay attention to them. Like, so yeah, they're constantly pushing each other out of the way. That's hilarious. Games or treats? Definitely treats for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we do not have one dog that is not food motivated. Like when it, as soon as we open the treat cupboard, like everybody is there and they're like, yeah, for sure. I don't think anybody would pick a game over a treat. How do you, in what order do you feed them? <laughs> <laughs> I feed the slowest ones first so that they get a head start. And then we go kind of down the line. So the fastest ones get theirs last. <laughs> wow. I was going to ask favorite treat, but they might all have different ones. Are there any treats that a lot of them like, or that like you have in regular rotation? Yeah. So peanut butter is the, the favorite every morning. The dogs that need meds get it in peanut butter. So I have to give it to everybody. Um, so everybody lines up for their peanut butter. Sweet potatoes are a big thing in our house as well. Um, our dogs are all vegan. <laughs> they don't get the opportunity to really get any like chicken stuff, even though I'm sure yep. they would love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think those are probably the, the favorites. How do you walk them? What tools do you use? Martindale collar, harness, etc. Yeah. So uh, we use, we mostly use harnesses and we walk three or four at a time. We kind of pair them based on their length of walk. So the ones who need the longest walks go together and then like they kind of get paired that way. We kind of sometimes try to pair them. So like if one's a bad influence, like they don't go with the other ones that could maybe like pick up their bad habit. So it's definitely like there's a lot involved when we're trying to think about like pairing them together. Yeah. For the most part, we use harnesses on the dogs. We have a couple who like are pretty strong pullers. So we have the front clip ones to help with that. Yep. How long do your walks take? <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much my whole morning is walks. Um, usually we start about 730 in the morning and it goes until about like 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little bit shorter in the winter because some of the the little ones just kind of are like, no, I'm not going out today. Thanks. Um, but yeah, in the summertime and the nice weather. Yeah, I'd say like pretty much all morning and then probably maybe an hour and a half again in the evening. Some of them will go for a second one and then lots of backyard playtime. Dog beds or human beds? <laughs> so our house is basically decorated with dog beds. There's just, they're just everywhere. Yeah. I, we probably have about 20 of them around the house. And then at nighttime we have, I think we have about 10 of them sleep in bed with us. And then the other ones will sleep in their dog beds on the floor near us. 
So it's cozy. We have a king size bed. I was going to say, you probably have a big bed. <laughs> yes, yes. That would be tight. <laughs> Although it's still not big enough. It's yeah. It's still pretty crowded. <laughs> squeaky toys or balls? Probably squeaky toys. Wally goes crazy for squeaky toys. If there's a squeaky toy, he is like, got to figure out where it's coming from and like get to it. So yeah, they go nuts for the squeaky toys. Is that like a treat thing or do you have toys in rotation that they actually play with? (laughs) We just have two giant toy boxes and there's just a whole bunch of variety and they just kind of dig through and find what they want. But yeah, no, this, he likes those like little squeaky, like the rubber chickens. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are popular. (laughs) Who prefers people and who prefers dogs? I think they kind of all prefer people. They have enough dogs in their lives. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Calvin doesn't like anybody. He likes a very select few people and probably only like Milo is really the only dog he probably really likes. But no, I think every everybody else is like, they get way more excited about people than they do with other dogs. Summer or winter? Probably summer for everybody except for Eddie or Husky Mix. Yeah, He is a big fan of the winter. Actually, Rain who came from Mexico, which was really surprising. She loves the winter. She loves chasing snowballs. She could be out in the snow all day long and I think she'd be fine. Um, but everybody else is a big fan of like laying on the deck in the sun in the summertime. Walks or cuddles? I think most of our little ones like cuddles. Simon for sure walks. Definitely. He is not a snuggler. If you try to snuggle him, he just gets up and walks away. Mikey probably walks too, but I think the rest of them would, would choose snuggles. Early walks or sleep in? And I guess they probably each have their own schedules. <laughs> Yeah. For the majority of them, they are early risers and want to go for a walk right away. I think peanut is probably the only one that is just like not wanting to get out of the bed in the morning and could probably just sleep in all day if we would let him. But yeah, everybody else, they're pretty good. Like they don't get up super early, but as soon as we start to stir them, they're like, okay, it's time to get up. Like, let's get going. Guard dog or greeter? Hmm, I'd say we probably have about half and half. We definitely (laughs) don't even need like a doorbell. We for sure know when anybody's coming, but yeah, it's quite loud when people come in our house. It's pretty overwhelming for them. Yeah. They're kind of like I think most of them are greeters. Calvin's definitely a guard dog, (laughs) Wally, but everybody else is like letting us know somebody's here, but then they want to go and say hi. Does your mailman know to come into your house slowly and carefully? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think our mailman and like all the delivery drivers, they don't even knock on the door anymore. They'll just like leave it and go, (laughs) which is good (laughs) because it's just chaos. People who haven't been to our house before think it's really fun. They're like, oh, we're so excited to go to your house. And then they get here and like, wow, this is a lot. kind of overwhelming my friend brought one of her friends over here once he was terrified of dogs oh why you would invite her to our house I feel like that's just mean but yeah that's an interesting introduction like hey we're just gonna throw you in the deep end yeah Yeah. used to it don't worry do they prefer big dogs or little dogs I think little everybody like Mikey wants to be a little dog he (laughs) will find like the tiniest little bed he can find to curl up in and he's like 60 pound dog but yeah Simon likes little ones and yeah it definitely goes over better when we bring a small dog into the house versus a big one and I just love the little one so it's okay (laughs) which ones like doing tricks I feel like not our dogs are not like (laughs) very well trained in that area probably Simon is the smartest of the group picks up on the trick the quickest the other one's kind of just some of them will just sit there and look at you when you ask them to do something and like we're just like okay 
fine, whatever, here, eat your treat. Like it's so funny because getting boss, he's just like a he's trick obsessed. Like he loves doing that stuff. And then every time I foster, I forget that like most of them don't even want to sit. <laughs> They're just yep. like, no, thanks. I just want the treat and I want to go back. <laughs> exactly. That's how most of ours are. I think most of ours are just like, I'm too old for this. Like, just give me the treat lady. Like, I'm over this. So. That's fair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which ones are squirrel chasers and which ones are scent followers? I think probably all of ours are squirrel chasers. We've had a couple of squirrels get in the backyard. Oh, yeah. And one of them they caught, but we got the squirrel away, but they had some scratches and stuff from the squirrel. That's why you don't do that. Like we've also had some baby chipmunks in the backyard that they got to, which they, they didn't run. So the dogs just played with them. But yeah, if there's any squirrels like around, they, they all take off after the squirrel and um, on walks, like they want to catch the squirrels. It's a big thing here. We have a lot of trees in our backyard. So there's a lot of squirrels kind of like tease them. Mm, Yeah. And you haven't had to deal with any preventing accidents with the squirrels they don't like do anything too bad to them no there was just that one time when the squirrel didn't get out fast enough but there was about four of the dogs on top of the squirrel but I was lucky to be able to get them off and the squirrel got away (laughs) but yeah I now I'm very careful to make sure that there's no squirrels in the backyard before I open the door yeah good good one yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) which one of them's like wearing costumes or none of them (laughs) (laughs) So the big dogs for sure don't. Uh, They will just look at me and look like, what the heck are you doing to us? The little ones like Glenda's really good. She likes wearing clothes. Milo's pretty good. Probably like the, the two little ones that we had that passed away. um, They really liked wearing clothes. So they, they had all these like really cute sweaters and different things, but yeah, we always do like a big Halloween parade and dress everybody Mm. up in costumes and stuff. And most of them (laughs) are not into it, but they put up with it. (laughs) We try to explain that it's for like a good cause. Yeah. We're doing it for like the retirement home people. So we try to explain to them that they're cheering people up, but some of them just don't really seem to care. They need to get on the program for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is a funny question with this big group. Which ones squat and which ones lift? So we have mostly squatters, like even the boys, like Peanut is for sure. He's like a little girl. But no, we have like probably the two big like male ones. They lift and two of the little ones. But that's it. Everybody else squats. And then we have the paralyzed (laughs) ones who don't potty on their own. So it's actually a lot easier. But yeah. Final question. Which ones are mama's kids and which ones are daddy's kids? <laughs> so it's definitely easier to just say who's dad's because they're pretty much all mine. I would say probably definitely Jagger. That is Sunil's dog. And Simon, I think, is like a man's man. So he likes to hang out with guys. But yeah, pretty much everybody else, they're they're my dogs. Like when we're in bed, Sunil has like two on his side and then I just have like a cocoon of like dogs around me. So I have to get in really quickly before they get in so that I get my spot because once I like once they're there, I can't move. And I have like two on my shoulders, one on my head. They're all like around me. So yeah, it's cozy. Thank God they're small. <laughs> yes. I couldn't imagine if I had this many if they were all big dogs. All right. Well, that's everything. Before we sign off, where can people find you? So we have Instagram, Eddie's Second Chance um, is for Eddie and the other paralyzed ones. Um, And then mine is Angela, the dog lady. So post lots of pictures, videos of everybody on there. I love seeing pictures of just your whole pack together. It is always the most hilarious thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> just to I see them so all. I was so proud of myself when we got that one. We got one family photo of all the dogs sitting on the stairs all by themselves. And I'm so proud of us for getting that picture because it took like. I was going to say, yeah. It took like so much time, so many treats and so many like, well, there was probably like 400 photos that we took and like one worked out. But I was, yeah, I was super proud to get that picture because it's very hard to get everybody sitting, staying in the same spot and looking in the right direction. Congratulations. That's a yeah. big task. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was. I was very happy with that one. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this with me. I loved hearing all about your personalities. I feel like now I get to look at your Instagram a different way and I'll actually get to like think of each of your dogs. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I, I mean, I love to talk about my dogs anytime. So this was a good excuse to do that. Well, thanks, Angela. I'll obviously talk to you soon. Thank you. And yes, definitely come and visit once the farm is all set up. Oh, everybody. Absolutely. Can't wait. I think boss will just be overwhelmed with all the dogs. You love it. <laughs> Some dogs love it. Like Ada brought monster here and he was just like having a blast. I'm sure boss would be the same. He loves, yeah. he loves dogs. So yeah, it's like a dog park in her backyard, basically. So. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, talk to you soon. Have a good rest of your day. All right. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Rescue Dog Moms is a project by Yamini inspired by her rescue boss, who you can find on Instagram at the pup boss. To keep up with the Rescue Dog Moms podcast, you can follow us at rescuedogmoms.ca or on Instagram at rescuedogmomspod. See you next week. Bow, bow.